Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The new rules as far as immigration is concerned. Now, a 10-page briefing document outlining new immigration policy uh, states a number of things, including that UK borders will be closed to non-skilled workers and all migrants will have to speak English. Uh, Anyone wanting to come to the UK to work must have a job offer with a salary threshold of £25,600, though a salary floor of £20,000 £1,480 will be acceptable in special cases where there might be a skills shortage. For example, nursing. There'll be no route for self-employed people coming into the UK, spelling the end to, for example, the, the plumbers who might come in from the likes of Poland or Romania or other builders who would come in with, with the ability to do a job but not arriving for any job that they already have secured. I want to speak to Colin Neal, who's in the hospitality game. Good morning, Colin. Good morning, Frank. Hospitality Ulster's uh, Principal Representative and Chief Executive. Now, this is the arena that we really think about, because anyone who's out and about enjoying a meal, uh, booking into a hotel locally, uh, chances are, at some time during that visit to that bar or that hotel, you will meet people from the EU and beyond. How is this going to impact on your staff? This is a body blow for the entire hospitality and the tourism industry in Northern Ireland, Frank. I mean, the, 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 well, this is a context where we've been already losing staff because the, the profile of our, and I don't like the word migrant, but if we, if we, that's what government call them, our profile of our current migrant worker for Europe is come in, stay maybe four or five years, save a few pounds and go home. So we've been losing steadily um, those people and they're not being replaced. And now this stops anybody what the government class as unskilled and i would argue they are skilled just they don't have a you know they don't fit in with their criteria and, it, and it's not about us actually accessing cheap labor this is about the fact that we have you know lowest empl- unemployment rate in a generation we have a decline in birth rate um, and and we just do not have the bodies we, we have plans to grow you know tourism by twenty five thousand jobs to a two billion pound economy if, if this comes into effect, we'll be creating job vacancies, not jobs. But are we suggesting here that people who, for example, 
refresh the rooms in hotels, who work so hard from early morning right through to the afternoon, another shift comes on afternoon right through to evening. They never seem to stop working. The people who make the beds, who do the sinks and all of that in the in the hotel rooms, everyone you meet tends to be from from overseas. Is th- is that because you can't get people locally? to do that because that, that that sounds like work that many people in Northern Ireland would be well capable of doing but they're either too lazy to do it or you don't pay them enough to do it. Frank, they're not there. Is the problem. You know, it, it's, we would take and employ anybody from Northern Ireland that wants a job uh, and we have all I mean, the huge opportunities in our industry because you can come in as a dishwasher and go out as the, the owner or the manager. You can go in, you know, become a chef. The, the, the numbers of people unemployed are now really, really minuscule. And yes, we have some economically enacted that if they were helped, they can maybe get someone back to work. But a lot of them are economically active for a reason. Um, so I think it's, it, I wouldn't you know, stigmatise them for that. I mean, it, it's purely a numbers game in that there are not bodies there. And unlike you know, other manufacturing plants, if they can't get the people there becomes a, a point where, okay, they can automate and robots. You can't do that in the hospitality sector. We're a people industry. You know, you can't walk into a bar and, and it be a row of vendor machines. Um, you know, you need people to serve it. And productivity for us is increasing our tourism. We can't say that people run faster. Um, this, this is just, it, it just will actually say, it won't even just stop our growth. It will actually curtail it, you know, it, it could actually close businesses if they could get the point of they can't stop them. So you're, you're completely convinced the staff aren't here. And I, I want to say for the third time, and you've said it once as well, we're talking about people who are capable of working. Not, we're not talking about people who are economically inactive, who aren't capable of working, who would love to have a job if they were able to do it. Our, our, our understanding is directed towards these, these people and indeed our sympathy in many ways towards them as well. You're probably looking at the moment at the radio thinking, you're all right, you've got a job. You know, Colin Neal's all right, he's got a job. Absolutely. We, we take that, Here, we, we, we appreciate that. There are people who cannot work. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about people who will not work. Is there a possibility that you don't want them in the hospitality business because they're basically useless? No, that, that's far from it. There are lots of people. I mean, we, we're involved in lots of programs to help people that have been long-term unemployed uh, back into work. You know, we have mentoring programs. We've reached out with, I mean, Belfast City Council has a program to tackle that. I, I'm working with, with deprived areas. We're putting in training free. We're, we're looking at every avenue you know, to employ local labour. But even to say, if we got every, even just for the hospitality sector alone, we we have a, a need for thirty thousand job vacancies fell over the next four years. If we got every single person that's workable, you know, that could work and w- will come to work, we still wouldn't have enough people. There's only about 26,000 people unemployed in Ireland. So what's going to happen? Because a lot of the people from overseas will be working in the Republic of Ireland. What, what, what's going to happen to the tourism and hospitality business here over the next three years? I mean, if, if this goes through government, this is going to curtail growth. You know, because you cannot open or build or expand a new pub, restaurant, hotel if you can't staff it. And there's no point in opening a, a third restaurant that they already have too, if that means you have to put staff in, you know, to that and lower your staff. 
And again, like it, it would be, if you can't get full staff complement, then do you turn and say, okay, well, I'll close the quieter days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, so the tourists arrive in the cathedral quarter during the week and we're all shut because we can't staff them? The lobbying, is, is, it, is it ongoing from hoteliers, from pub owners, from people like yourself in, in, the, in the trade? We, we have been. I actually sit on the, the Home Office's National Migration Advisory Group. I trundle up to London uh, quite regularly for the meetings on it. I mean, I think it, it shows I haven't been very effective. I've actually had a conference call with them today again. Um, but we are, I mean, we, when I've been in contact with representatives from both the, the First and Deputy First Minister this morning. We need the First and Deputy First Minister to, to you know, act on this. I think it's important they probably work along with Wales and Scotland who are also going to be impacted. We need a sensible migration policy. This isn't about, you know, this is a political decision. This is not an economic decision. Colin, thank you for your analysis on it. Colin Neal is from Hospitality Ulster and he's running out of staff. Let me speak to Esmond Burney, who's a senior economist at the Ulster University. Uh, Dr. Esmond Burney, Esmond, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Do you understand the the plight of the hospitality industry two years from now whenever they're trying to make the beds in hotels or serve the meals at the tables? Yes, I entirely understand. There are a range of groups representing business orga- businesses, the various business organisations and so forth. Uh, and they are looking at the immediate concerns of their members. They're finding it difficult to recruit uh, staff from within Northern Ireland because officially we are, inverted commas, close to full employment. But I think we do need to take a longer term perspective on this because uh, I, I would support the broad section of what's been proposed here because I think we've been over-reliant as an economy and as a society indeed in terms of using what has been already access to a flow of relatively cheap, sometimes quite skilled, but certainly sometimes also unskilled or low-skilled labour coming, particularly when we were members of the European Union from Central and Eastern Europe. And that, in a sense, has meant that we failed to develop our sort of um, labor, our internal labor force skills. We've got a huge number, several hundred thousand people who are economically inactive. Um, and our businesses often have been stuck in a position of having low skills, low wages and low productivity. So I think in the long term, these sorts of changes, as recommended by the uh, Migration Advisory Committee that Colin Neal was referring to, and indeed by now by the London government in terms of their proposal for the point system, are, are going to try and nudge uh, the UK economy generally and North Ireland in particular to position where we do try to develop our skills from within the workforce we already have but do we but, but relying on a tap from outside yeah but but do do we have enough people going by what Colin Neal saying in Northern Ireland we don't have enough people who are available who come under the umbrella of economically mm. in, inactive many of them of course are incapable mm. of working because of an illness or a disability yeah. uh, or some some restriction they have in their lives or or some yeah. Demand on their on their family; it doesn't allow them to work. So, and we're 
there and we're completely understanding of that. So what, what about the, the, the other people who, yeah, who are listening to this radio at the moment, lying in their bed, scratching themselves, waiting for their dole to come and thinking, I'm not going to work on a wet day, never mind, you know, on a, on a, I'm not going to work on a good day, never mind, on a wet day. So there is that, there is that mindset, but surely there can't be that many like that. And even if there are thousands of those people, what good are they at making beds or gutting chickens? They'd be useless. Well, no, we, we can't. Uh, that, that, in a sense, is precisely the problem that we've had. We've built up this mindset over decades now that instead of developing fully the labour force, instead of tackling uh, the inactivity problem, instead of indeed raising the productivity, the output per worker of people who are, are in work, we've relied on the flow of, as I say, it's been relatively cheap but relatively accessible labour when we were European Union members from Poland, Czech Republic, the Baltic countries, the Balkans and so on. But but that tap is now turning off, although of course we still have many people, um, uh, the EU citizens, so they, they, they will have the right to remain um, and that's recognised uh, in what the government is saying today. Um, I, I think we're going to this is not going to be easy, but I think it's the right direction to move in rather than simply just be motivated primarily by the short-term pressure. Oh, we have a labour shortage, uh, be it in hospitality, be it in crop picking, uh, whatever it might be. Therefore, we must um, have... Um, cheap labour coming in from the outside. Should we have been allowed some mitigating circumstances to exist here, considering we're literally a field away from a different, a, a different jurisdiction with the border and Europe just down the road? Well, as I understand it, the Migration Advisory Committee, uh, the experts on labour markets and indeed industry conditions who give advice advice to the London government, uh, they they looked at the the question of whether Northern Ireland or indeed any other UK regions like, say, Scotland should be treated differently. Uh, They did feel, and I, I, I would tend to agree with them, that the danger of doing that that, for example, in the case of Northern Ireland, would be that you'd be uh, giving a signal that the Northern Ireland economy was a sort of special case, a low-wage, low-productivity outlier from from the rest of the UK, and you'd be helping to perpetuate that. Situation but is that not the truth? Is that not thinking, is that not the reality? Well, it's it, well, it, well, it's it's where we're at, but I don't think it's a situation we want to stay in. So I think by adopting the common uh, point system across the UK, pressure has been put on the, the business and indeed the, the, the educational and training sector as well, it has to be said, within North Ireland to uh, perform in such a way that uh, we, we are producing the right skills, we are raising, constantly raising the productivity and efficiency of, of businesses that operate here. And you're confident that we'll get the skilled people, the nurses, the solicitors, anyone else who who, who we need that uh, are from from overseas. You're you're, you're confident that the, the rules are such that they'll still be able to to come. Well, the point system, um, as outlined by the UK government, um, does allow for if people have 
particular characteristics in terms of do they have a job offer, what is the salary of that job, do they have certain levels of qualification, uh, do they have proficiency in speaking English, a number of other characteristics, then those uh, points are accumulated and if they get sufficient points, yeah, then they they would be eligible to uh, to, to, to come into the UK and work here. There's so much to look at, not necessarily over the incoming year as the changes begin to be implemented, but from the year after that. And over the next number of years, it will be incredible to see just what the impacts are, for better or for worse, who, who, who is really to know. Uh, Esmond, thank you for speaking to us this morning. Thank you. OK, thank you. Good morning. That's Dr Esmond Burney from the University of Ulster. Um, where are you on all of this? Are you lying in your bed at the minute thinking, do you know something, there could be a job in this for me if I would stop scratching myself? Uh, do let us know, 02890 treble 3105.